Welcome back to I Wish I Knew, the show where we talk about things I wish I knew before getting into a certain trade or going through a certain life experience. Today's guest, Michael Schwartz and Truber, we're strangers. You will hear that early on in the episode. This is not a reunion for me. This was a uh, this was a get to know you kind of episode, and I genuinely enjoyed it. And I don't want to spoil it, but I'm just telling you, this is a really good guy who has got a really, really good approach to life, and uh, he's not a quitter. I really admired that about him, regardless of what's gone on in his life. He is uh, determined to learn and come back from it stronger. Again, I don't want to spoil too much of that, but um, it really it really excites me. So, uh, three little circles, top right of your screen. Show me some love. Give me a follow. Uh, repost it to your story. Share it with a friend. I don't know. Do something crazy. Uh, if you want to be on the show, DM me, text me, get a hold of me somehow, and we will record. Um, without further ado, let's jump in. Michael, sir, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is not a reunion. Uh, the previous episodes I've recorded, long lost friends, we are pretty much strangers. We've bumped into each other, but there's no history there. Yeah, our paths have never really crossed. You're a year older than me? Yep, graduated yep. in 15. So we're both North Northridge uh, students, kids, but um, paths never crossed. I don't know how we'll get into that in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I'm glad you're here. We have a exciting list of topics today. Definitely concerned about the time frame. We'll probably run out of time and end up recording a second episode, but, um, yeah, without further ado, we're going to jump into it. So, um, step one is kind of getting our listeners up to speed on like where the heck you've been and what you've been up to. And, uh, a lot of your, you know, childhood, uh, school, and then what you did after school, and then what you're up to now. So feel free, kind of hit hit us with it. So uh, where were you born? I was born here in Goshen. So you are like born and raised. Yep, you I lived my whole it. life down the road. So you're, were you born in Goshen uh, Hospital? Yep. That is crazy. And you've you've gone away, but you ended up back here. Correct, yep. Always in Middlebury schools? Yes. Um, where did you live growing up? Uh, same house I'm in right now, right down the road. Are you serious? Yep. That is yep. crazy. Um, okay. So fast forward. Um, what, what was your childhood like? Like what stands out to you? What, what did you have siblings? Did you have active friend life or more of a loner kind of guy? So I have a half sister that's 11 years older than me. Um, she always used to torture me. Always used to pull pranks on me and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, very active. Played football, baseball, basketball, golf, hockey. Played a lot of different sports. Um, Holy smoke. Mainly in, uh, mainly played baseball um, throughout my whole younger life. Um, then switched over to golf. Were you a uh, travel guy? Did you guys travel to play sports? Was it yep. that serious? Yep. I was on a travel team. Um, yeah, that was that was the majority of my childhood. Is you know even in the winters we played baseball. What was your favorite sport? Baseball, by far. Yeah, I never played baseball. I didn't like the idea of having a ball coming flying at me. I couldn't. I just couldn't get over that. 
Uh, in fact, I never even tried. Um, so after, uh, I mean, kind of getting into high school, what was high school like for you? Um, who were you hanging out with? Uh, what, what did after school look like? So that was when I transitioned into golf was my freshman year. So I kind of started hanging around some new people, Mm -hmm. um, on the golf team and, you know, majority of my time was spent on the golf course after school. Um, Metal Valley. Yep. Yep. I worked there. I lived there, man. I worked there. If I wasn't working there, I was playing. Seriously. So, uh, did you work, you worked there during high school? Yeah. Okay. What did you do? Um, I cleaned all the carts and everything and picked up all the range balls and stuff. So does that have a fancy name or that's just like, were you a cart boy? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. How many years did you do that? Um, probably like four. I think it was, I think it was my freshman year and then my senior year. Did it work out just because you're already there for practice? So like you could just stay after practice when you were done with the, with Northridge and just keep working? Pretty much. Yeah. I didn't work as much during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I, I worked on the weekends during season, but yeah, it was, it was nice that enabled me to play for free there. Um, so you're pretty decent at golf. I'm assuming. I mean, if you play for four years, you got to, Either you have a really good attitude and you can like never give up or you're pretty good. Funny story. Um, Tuesday I broke my driver. Oh, so how attitude's not the greatest (laughs) word, um, to describe my golf game, but I'm, I like to think that I'm pretty decent. Yeah. How did you break your driver? Um, I put four balls OB and Mm. I slammed it on the ground. Oh, so it was an anger. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I actually have had that driver since high school. So, so in the back of your mind, have you kind of been wanting a new driver? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's kind of, I've heard of that. Like yeah. You, so I, w- I wasn't too upset about it, honestly. Have you ever broken iron? Yes, I have. But it was like in the really tall grass and it snapped the shaft. Have you ever hit a tree stump? I have. Yep. Have you ever hurt your hands? Oh yeah. That tree stump for sure. That's not a fun feeling or when it's cold. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, I'm probably a sissy, but I did hurt my left thumb recently. Uh, can't tell you why. Just started to hurt after golf, and it was about a week and a half and a week and a half ago, and it just, it just like a little swollen up. But I didn't realize hand injuries were such a thing with golf. Yeah, I guess I've been lucky. Um, so now it's your senior year. You're getting ready. I mean, that's where everybody's making a decision, like, what's next? So, um, where'd you go? What'd you do? So, my whole life, I was going to go to college. Um, My senior year, I was going to go play golf somewhere. I didn't know where. And then I didn't know what I was going to study, and it came to the time where I should probably make a decision of what I'm going to (laughs) do. And just nothing really sparked my interest. And um, I also grew up on a farm. And uh, one of the people that I was working with um, told me about the wheat harvest where um, people go from Texas to North Dakota and every state in between and harvest wheat and corn and soybeans and canola Thousands and stuff like that. Acres. Yeah, it's over the course of um, eight months <clears throat> that we do that. <clears throat> so I did that. 
uh, the day I graduated high school, the next day I flew out to Kansas and um, did that for three years. That was that was the best three years of my life. I met people, you know, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, all over the world. It was it was awesome. So you're 18. Yep. Right. Okay. So when you get out there, where do you live? Um, we have actually the um people that they make the uh rvs here okay and they're 53 foot long and they sleep eight people so we lived in that there was two of them are you in a park are you in a like out in the field just drop it right there baby we're like setting up tent so, kind of thing or um sometimes we're at the farmer's like yard mm-hmm. sometimes we're in um like camping areas um, sometimes we were just in a field that had electricity. That is like, so, you're, you're like uh, a freelancer kind of yeah. thing. Like just r- kind of roughing it. But hey, did you have eight people in this? Oh. I did. It, it caused some problems sometimes. Um, but for the most part, we got along. All guys? Yep. Nice. Yep. That is just, I have a lot of questions on that. So, um, it was a camper, not a motorhome, right? So you would, Correct. you guys would just drag it around and, okay. Um, how long would you guys be at some of these fields? Because, I mean, Kansas, these fields are huge, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, so normally, we wouldn't be at, a, we'd be at a specific field for maybe a day or so. We had um, four combines, so we'd get a lot of acres done. But we'd be in one like state for probably a month at a time. Wow. And then uh, in fall, we'd go back down to Texas and stuff. So when you guys were going to move from one field to the next, how do you pack up? And is it a convoy? You guys run back to back to back, like bumper to bumper, or you space them out, drive them or trailer them? Yeah, so... The way the headers were set up on the combine is you could put them in what's called transport mode and they have wheels on the header. So it's kind of like its own trailer mm-hmm. and we hook them up to the back of the combines and pull them through, you know, just down the road and then the grain carts and trucks and everything follow us. So we're pretty much in a convoy from field to field. So for the listeners, how fast does a combine go? Uh, 24 miles an hour, <laughs> 23.7 if you really want to be exact. And, um, you don't think that's fast and it's not fast in a car, but when you're driving something that's rear, rear wheel steer and you're going that fast and it's that big, it's plenty fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, just the peer pressure of the, the, the cost of a com- combine, the thought of bumping into something or getting in the ditch and hurting yourself or other people i mean that, that would be incredibly stressful yeah there's a lot of money going down on the road for sure yeah. there's been a couple guys that sometimes if the path that we take is wide enough we just leave the leave the headers on which is mm. 40 feet um we've had a few guys hit trees with headers mm. total headers mm. there's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes made by some people what is the scariest thing you ever experienced in a combine um you ever get into like get into the ground and bury the head or get stuck yeah i've buried the head a couple times um the boss loved that that's for sure (laughs) did you have to unhook and yeah well what happens is you 
dig a whole bunch of dirt and then you got to pull all the dirt out if it's too much it doesn't go through the combine um <laughs> i've been stuck a lot sometimes buried up to the frame uh, um that happens a lot in spring in oklahoma and texas um but yeah that's that's not fun that takes a while to get out when it's buried to the frame how do you i mean you guys coming in with like a quad quad track machines or what what do they do uh to get it unstuck yeah um normally we have a steel braided cable and you hook it up to a tractor or sometimes you can maneuver back and forth and eventually work your way out that's ideal but a lot of times yeah you have to hook a tractor up to it were these things uh duels on the front or are you guys running tracks or big singles duels yeah both on tractors and combines man that's intense yeah again thousands of acres i mean over the course of no time you guys are just ripping i mean that's a big operation i don't remember the exact number but i think it's somewhere around 80 to 100,000 acres that we do a year yeah so um you did that for three years and then you come home did you come home to goshen correct yep i did okay and then um did you come back here with a plan as far as like was it one of those things where you're like i gotta get out of here or is just like okay my time's up um or you had an opportunity here so i knew that that was limited i knew that i wasn't going to do that my whole life i didn't know what i was going to do but i knew that i was kind of done doing that Mm -hmm. um so I came back home, um, got a job at the RV factory, a Lippert that makes all the parts for the RVs and stuff, drove truck for a little bit for them, and then um, started driving semi for a local guy around here, got into that, um, and then quit that after a year and a half. Actually, no, it was only six months I quit that. and then. Um, Went and worked for um, Jet Technologies, um, which is Brayton's dad's company, Brayton Durr. Yep. Um, Shout out, Brayton. And uh, over COVID, we kind of shut down for a little bit. So I quit doing that and I went and went back to driving truck because that didn't really slow down. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that and then I ended up buying my own truck and then started my own trucking company for a year and a half and then started hiring people and I started an excavation company um couldn't really keep anyone in the truck uh they would quit after a month month and a half mm-hmm. so it was hard for me to do excavation while keeping my truck moving so I ended up selling my truck um going back to Lipper at a different plant and then um just kind of stopped doing the excavation because I didn't really have time to do it so, and that would have all been over the course of the last, I'm guessing, two years, three years? Um, yeah, years. four years. Because I came, uh, yeah, 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 well, yeah, actually yeah. it would be five because I came back in 2018. Right, because you graduated in 15. Okay. Correct. So, um, let's talk about trucking for a little bit. Um, for the listener that might not be super familiar with uh, how that works, Talk us through buying a truck. Uh, talk us through the paperwork side of that. Um, CDL. Give us the whole nine yards of of how that 
in the weeds functions? So I didn't have a whole bunch of money saved up. And so a brand new truck is $270,000. So I couldn't get a new truck. So I was looking for something cheap. I ended up finding a truck out of Mississippi. Um, was talking with the guy for a little while. And... <laughs> Sorry. Um, and went down there, flew down there. He told me, oh yeah, everything's good on it. Don't worry about it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm... And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to, I bought a one-way ticket down there. There wasn't, there wasn't, in my mind, there wasn't a way that I wasn't coming home with that truck. Yeah. So I get down there and it, it's freshly painted and the motor's painted. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it. So I get the truck, ended up getting a deal on it and bringing it home and, and, uh. You're driving empty, right? No trailer. You're just, what's that called? Bobtail. Bobtail. Yep. Okay. So you're just, here we go. Yep. Um, have you drove 18 a, hours? Have you drove a truck that far at this point? Or is 18 hours like this is intense? Yeah. So before I bought my truck, I was over the road too. And um, yeah, I like there's times where I would go out to Utah and stuff like that. And it's like 23 hours or something like that. So it's, it's a haul for sure. Um, but even before I got at home, I started having some problems with it. Um, it was just an ongoing battle of problems that kept adding up. My motor blew up twice mm. in six months. My transmission went out. Um, a lot of headaches with buying something that's not new. Mm -hmm. And from what I've pieced together, um, it was wrecked. I found that out when I got the title. It took me probably six months for them to give me the title. So I owned a truck that I couldn't make money with for six months and I would call them every day, every day. And they either wouldn't answer or give me some runaround. So that was a big hassle. And then when I went to title it, they're like, you know, it's, it's been wrecked. I'm like, well, I do now. Mm -hmm. So that would explain the paint job and the motor work and stuff like that. And, but you're, I mean, how old are you at this point? I would have been 23. I believe. Okay. Um, more or less, it was, I want to start my own business. I found a truck that's not that expensive. It's probably not the best truck, but this is a truck I found and I want it and I want it now. Mm -hmm. and, and it happened to be way worse than you ever could have imagined. Yeah. But it all worked out. Okay. So, um, where were you when the motors blew? Um, the first one, I was up in Michigan, three hours away. Um, one of my buddies has property up there. And I was actually like 10 miles probably from their place. And they were actually up there. So they were, out, they were able to help me out. And then the second one, the second time it happened, um, I was in... Uh, Memphis and that mm. that second time was my I rebuilt it and sold it right away I was that was the icing on the cake for me when it blew talk us through what you're seeing when it ha when that happens um the first time when it happened a whole bunch of white smoke I didn't know if the turbo had blown or what but um what ended up happening was 
um, a piece of silicone got stuck in the injector and it fried the the piston, so it, it pretty much melted it. Who rebuilt it? Um, somebody out of Warsaw. I can't remember the name. Like a shop, or yeah, just like a backyard kind of guy. Yeah, it's a it's a full blown shop. Yep. Uh, what what kind of truck was this? Uh, three seventy nine Peterbilt. What year? So that's a whole nother story too. So e-logs, the electronic logs that they run in those trucks now, if you have a 99 motor or below, you don't have to run electronic logs. You can run paper logs. And if you have a 2000 and up, you have to run e-logs. But it's only on the motor, not the body. So a lot of these guys put pre-2000 motors in brand new trucks. Mm -hmm. um, so what I was told, and I really don't even know if this was true, but what I was told is it was a 99 motor in a 2001. Can you explain to us why someone would want to have paper logs? <laughs> Without incriminating yourself? Um, <laughs> you don't have to. You can, so, you can just play a game. Yeah, so just hypothetically, if somebody would like to do this, um, you can run a lot more hours. Um, you can hypothetically keep more than one logbook at a time um it takes a decent amount of work to make everything line up the way it should so mm -hmm. if you were to get pulled over but it's possible um but yeah pretty much make more money so you, and you can run longer mm -hmm. i think uh trucks at this point they come with the logbook system built in right it's coming from it's like a system from the OE or not yet? I don't believe so, but I could be wrong. I'm not totally sure on that. I've, I've just heard that through some of the trucking companies that we work with where it's just going to get to a point where you'll, their paper will never be a thing again. Yeah, it won't. Um, okay, so you sell the truck. How do you sell the truck? Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, go to the dealer. Posted it on Snapchat. Nice. And then um, I acquired a whole bunch of friends um, from trucking. And uh, actually a kid that I worked out with in Kansas bought my truck. Is he still running it? He has sold it. So I no longer know where that truck is. But um, he lived out in Kansas. And he flew out here and picked it up. And then probably a year or so later, he sold it. He traded it for a different truck. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one of your favorite memories trucking? Um, what are the highlights and what are the lows of trucking? So what I more or less miss about it is the 12, the midnight to 5 a.m. when there's nobody on the road and you're mm -hmm. just listening to music and you can just drive mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about anybody. You're just by yourself and you get to go on down the road. That's that's what I miss about it the most, probably. Um, there's a lot of lows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it, you're not home. Start. You're not home, so that that that's a big one. Um, and when I would be home, I would I would typically drive anywhere from 14 to 18 hours a day. Mm. So when I was home on the weekends and stuff, I would just sleep. Because I was so exhausted from yeah from the week. Did you find it hard? Is or 
is the work-life balance one of the motivations for getting out of it? Yeah. Like, just felt like... I felt like I didn't... I wasn't, like, my true self when I would be over the road because I was just so tired and exhausted yeah. that it was hard to, you know, do things that I wanted to do because I just wanted to sleep. Yeah. Um... Were you sleeping in the truck? Yep. What's that like? Um, it's a weird feeling, man. <laughs> it's it's nice because you have the motor to kind of like soothe you to sleep, you know, as weird as that sounds. But I did I did enjoy it. You know, you gotta get a good mattress because the mattresses that come in those are not good. Mm-hmm. It's like sleeping on wood floor. Yeah. But yeah, when you get a good mattress and everything like that, it is it's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad at all. And you're so tired by the end of the day, you know, it doesn't even really matter to be honest. Um did you have any bad experiences at truck stops? Um other than people almost hitting me or people coming up to tell me that they like my truck at 2 a.m. banging on the Yeah, that's that's the last thing I want to do when I'm trying to go to bed is have somebody come up and talk to me about my truck. You know, I'm just, I want to go to bed. Yeah. But other than that, I wouldn't say there's any like bad things that happen at truck stops. Any accidents out on the road? Oh yeah. A lot. I've seen a lot, a lot of bad accidents. Um, one that stands out is somebody went down off of probably like a 200 foot hill. Hmm. And into a big cluster of trees, and the truck was obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, that was out in West Virginia, but yeah, I've I've seen rollovers, and yeah, there's there's a lot of wrecks. How do you avoid a runaway? Like you, coming down the hill, and you're getting too hot. You have to know how to keep it in the right gear, and it's almost like you stab your brakes. You can't ride your brakes. So I learned this the hard way. I never truly knew how to go down mountains. And I was out in Colorado and it's this road that like is just nothing but hairpin turns. Yep. And it's really steep. And I get down like a thousand feet down this hill and my brakes are smoking. So I just parked it in the middle of the road and just sat there. Mm hmm. Because if my brakes fail, I'm just going off a cliff, you mm-hmm. know? So that was very scary. And so through that process, I learned how to properly do it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one way to figure out how to do it. Sure. So um, can you tell that your brakes are smoking by the smell or you can see it in your rear view? both you're not necessarily in the pedal no you can't feel it um and you you might be able to smell it if you're going slow enough and the winds with you but you're you're going to be able to see it and if you see it that means that they're really hot yeah you're close yeah you're in trouble yeah how much weight were you pulling i was probably eighty thousand. i don't know for sure but that's that's normally what i was that's a lot of weight to lose control of and, and be behind the wheel of that you can't stop. Yep. I think uh I think people tend to uh like have a huge misunderstanding for the ability to stop that much weight. 
people cut you off all the time too i'm sure yeah that's that is an ongoing battle you know people for whatever reason either think we can stop fast enough or we'll get out of your way and as people see on the internet you know sometimes you can't mm-hmm. did you drive in the winter time i did that was not fun that was not enjoyable i tried to every every winter i tried to go south every trip that i did because driving in the snow is fine because you're so heavy you don't really move but once you start moving once you start sliding you're not stopping it Mm -hmm. so it's it's fine until it's not fine really um did you guys run cbs like did you participate in the in the chit chatting or uh did you stay away from the that community um <laughs> come on i for, bet it was a bunch of fun for the most part <laughs> i didn't really partake in it unless um there was information being given about you know wrecks or mm-hmm. stuff like that or weather conditions the majority of people that talk on the CBs are just there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go into like, we run the, um, we take the toll road to New York a couple times a year. I've got family out there and I'm just always intrigued by the guys that have these full blown headsets and they're just, but they never take them off. I, or at least I'm not convinced they take them off anywhere. Cause like they're in line to grab a meal. And I mean, they're talking right there. Is it, is it like, Bluetooth through your phone, maybe? They're not on the CBs. They're just talking. No, that's just on your phone. Yeah, they're making a phone call. Yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine. I have, I have a lot of respect for the people that go do it. Did your like, body hurt? your back get tired of just sitting all the time? Um, No, because the first thing that I bought for that truck was a $900 seat. So you were riding in comfort. Yes. And that, because you have to be, I mean, you're in that truck for, you're in that seat for 15 hours a day. So well, legally 11 hours. Mm-hmm. So I was in that seat for 11 hours a day. Did you wear your seatbelt? No, <laughs> I, actually, no, never. Yeah. Why? Never. Nobody does. Why? Um, I don't know. I mean, for one, it's uncomfortable. Like it's not like a car a car seat belt you know it's it's put up over here above your head so it's constantly on your neck um and for the most part unless something really bad happens i'm gonna be fine in that unless i roll over or you know do something crazy um did you ever get pulled over yes a lot why they can pull you over they don't have to have a reason to pull you over in a semi like they do in a car so they can pull you over just to pull you over and they can do inspections. Um, they can, you know, a lot of the time, my mindset was, I don't have time to wait on you. So if there's a third lane when you're not supposed to be in it, but both these two lanes are slow, I'm taking the third lane. I don't care. Um, that's another reason I got pulled over. Um, when you pull into way scales and stuff, that's where a lot of your inspections happen. And that's where a lot of your tickets happen if you're overweight. I personally haven't gone in a way scale in the past like three years of driving. I just drive by them, which you're not supposed to do. But I was successfully never caught in doing it. I've been close, but. What are they going to do if you drive by? More than likely, they'll probably have you turn around and go back on the scale 
Um, and at that point, they're going to figure out why. So they're going to look at all your paperwork, all your log books, inspect the truck, weigh you. They're going to they're going to pull out the book on you. So a lot of the times I didn't stop in there or there are a lot of reasons I didn't is because my truck wasn't the most mechanically sound. It probably should have been to pass inspections. Um, a lot of times I was overweight because it pays more. So if, if somebody would load me heavy, I'd say, heck yeah, let's do it. Cause it pays me more. Um, but 10 out of 10 times was cause I didn't run a log book at the end of it. I didn't even keep a log book at all. I would just, at the end of the week, I would, um, I would just, you know, fill it out when I got home on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I were to get caught for that, which I, I did a couple times, um, I, uh, I would just have to make something up on the side of the road. And there was a couple of cops that were cool about it. And there was some cops that weren't cool about it. How much are the tickets? Um, so the only ticket that really comes to mind was one of my drivers got pulled over in Illinois, I think. And he got a window tint violation. You're not allowed to have any window tint. On your, even on your side windows. Um, well, nah, that doesn't make any sense. I see him all the time. Yeah. And he was just, he wasn't having a good day. He got a ticket for that, a ticket for an obstruction in the windshield because the windshield had a rock chip in it. Um, and maybe he was speeding or something and it was like 350 bucks. He paid, I made him pay for the speeding to, well, he, he wanted to pay for the speeding ticket and then I paid for all the stuff that was on the truck because, you know, it's my truck. So. Mm-hmm. so any desire to go back into trucking at any point? It's always yes and no. There's always times that I miss it. Um, but I knew there was a time limit on that as well because I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. You know, when I start a family and everything, I don't want to be gone for a week at a time or two weeks at a time. Yeah, so... Boom, next next topic. So now you're done trucking, you sell it, and then you said you're at Lippert, correct? Correct. So what did you do at Lippert? So I started on the floor in shipping, um, and then I kind of bounced around and did odds and end things kind of where they needed me, um, and I actually went back to driving semi uh, when a guy got his hip replaced, and um, as of today, I got a promotion, so I'm going to be a lean coordinator. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. So how long, well, so you, you went to Lippert, but then you left Lippert, right? Correct. And then you came back to Lippert, but you went to a different plant. Okay. So, and you said you've been doing, uh, what did you call it before you just got this promotion? What was it called? Um, I was just on the floor. I was in shipping. So, and you've been doing that for eight months. Yep. Okay. What does a lean coordinator do? So lean essentially is to minimize waste in a like production manufacturing environment. So anything to make stuff flow better or like we would make a holster for a screw gun rather than sitting on a table because it saves 30 seconds throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, less uh, product on the floor. We'll make a holder for it. Just kind of stuff like that. Minimize waste and um, maximize profits. What's the plant manufacture? 
that you're at? Uh, Windows. What plant do you work at? 228. What's the plan up on the toll road that makes glass? Um, oh, there's so many lippers. Yeah, right? dude, there's so many. Yeah. Um, you like the crew you work with? You got a good atmosphere. I do. That's I really cool. enjoy it. That's awesome. So, wow, we're up to speed. Um, there's a lot of information. Surely could keep talking about the just like trucks. So I gotta watch that. Um. Okay, so. Let's hit some I wish I knew topics. So again, um, what what stands out to you at this point in life that like a lesson you've you've learned the hard way or something that if if you could go back you might do different. Um, and this is for kind of the next guy kind of thing or the or the next girl as far as um, just getting better, right? I think you're you definitely give off the eager. Uh, vibe, you definitely want to be the best version of yourself. We haven't even talked about uh, physical fitness yet. Maybe we should touch on that. I don't know how we missed that. You're jacked. You work out all the time, right? Yeah. All right, so hang on. Maybe before we get to that, explain the working out. So, I mean, yeah, you're in great shape. What got you there? Talk talk us through the fitness stuff. How does one get yoked? <laughs> so what really got me into it? Um actually is heartbreak so you hear about heartbreak gains and stuff like that that's 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 a real thing mm -hmm. i put on um about 20 25 pounds since february um and just fell in love with the gym um the gym is the the only place where i could actually clear my mind and not just be in my head all day every day mm -hmm. that's where driving truck is a big downfall is you're just by yourself the whole time. So you have ample amounts of time to think, but mm. think so, uh, yeah, the gym, the gym, uh, was my safe haven almost. When did you start working out? So I had two like sessions of it. One was pre COVID when I worked at jet. Um, and then I got out of it in COVID and then, uh, got back into it probably about February this year. Um, so are you in the gym like it's a dark vibe and like you're not listening to music and you're just like ah <laughs> like um, mad at the world kind of thing or are you no I I enjoy going to the gym I'm in a a better mood when I get to the gym you know I have my friends that I see there at the same time every day so I try to you know talk to them see how their day is going and stuff it's 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 a good it's positive vibes when I go there for sure yeah do you feel uh um I mean I love this topic I've I talked to Chris so much about this on one of the first episodes and what a guy that, yeah, what a guy he is. I mean, Chris is just hit his story is, uh, incredible too. Um, I mean, even just the recent things he's posted online, he's just, he's, looking he's, great, he's, he's great. helped me in the past couple months too, as far as like mental health and stuff like that's, that's how we kind of reconnected. Yeah. I was going to ask, that was one of my questions. So kind of, for, for somebody who hasn't worked out before or maybe just isn't like super active, um, what are the personal benefits you've experienced from like, I, I mean, just sweat, like getting in and, and moving some iron and I don't know, hitting the treadmill, whatever you do. What, what are the mental benefits you've experienced? Um, I'm definitely a nicer person. I feel more clear when I speak. 
Um, if I don't go to the gym, I just feel kind of groggy and cloudy and like I can't think on my feet really. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep is a big one. I sleep so much better if I go to the gym that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and confidence for sure. Um, that's a big one. Um, yeah, it's just overall it's helped so much. What have you learned from uh, consistency versus uh, like that's the other word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. Going essentially whatever word describes going super intensity. So consist consistency versus intensity, right? You can. What's the difference between going to the gym for a month and like just showing up versus going all out for three days and then missing two days and then going all out for three days? Um, delayed gratification. If you go all the time, you know, you're going to teach yourself that you might something, you might want something right now, but you're going to have to work for it. Mm. And it's an ongoing struggle because you're going to, you're going to hit your goal at some point, but then your goals are going to change. So like, I want to be 170 pounds, but when I hit 170 pounds, I'm not going to be done. Mm. I'm going to want to be 180 and then 190. So it's, it's evolving all the time and you only you have to be consistent in order to get those results what's your favorite lift um probably bench bench press did you work out a lot in high school no i was probably 115 pounds in high school i was very small that is crazy how much do you weigh right now 162 that's awesome and that's so cool um Okay, now we can we can get away from working out. We'll come back to that maybe later. But, um, so, I mean, things you've learned in life, you've uh, you've definitely, I mean, you've you've moved. You've got a lot of options here. You've you've moved. You've been in all kinds of uh, different, you know, scenes as far as work goes. Um, I'm sure you're you're. Uh, I mean, man, just living in different places got to teach you new things. So, um, to someone, to someone uh, out there, what's something, one of the main takeaways you've experienced in life so far? And I wish I knew moment. Um, this is more of recent than anything, but, um, I just, I'm trying to actively be kind to everybody that I come across. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of like mental health growth and matured a lot over these past six months. Um, And I'm just trying to be not necessarily the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. I am, but you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what has gone in their day, what just happened to them. Maybe somebody they love just passed away or, you know, they could be having a bad day. And so they might not come across as they want to, Mm -hmm. but it's more of like what just happened to them. So I always try to be like positive and, and just be nice to people. Empathy. Yes. Um, what motivated you to make that lifestyle change? Um, what what turned you to like? Okay, I'm gonna. I mean, obviously you're focused on it. So what? When did that light switch flip? When did you say, okay, this is this is important to me? 
probably well it all it started um when my breakup happened i took it as either i can sit here and you know say why did this happen to me or i can mature and grow and be the person that i've always wanted to become yeah um and so through that excuse bless me you. mid sneeze um i leaned into my faith quite a bit mm -hmm. and that has opened more doors um than i could have ever imagined so that's been that's been very cool so um let's say someone um they find themselves in that maybe that feeling where uh trying to i'm trying to think of how i want to describe this like kind of that feeling of like there's got to be more to life like there's got to be more to this or there's got to be like i'm not just built to sit here on a couch or sit and you know feel blah right what are the first steps you took was it going to the gym yeah yep um, if I didn't go to the gym, I don't know where I'd be because that essentially is what made me get out of the funk that I was in. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a time where that was the only part of my day where I felt normal. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly transitioned into me being okay, you know, for a day, then it was mm -hmm. a week, then it was a month, you know? So if it weren't for the gym to kind of like kickstart that, I don't, I don't know where I'd be. What's your viewpoint on your phone as far as screen time and mental health? So when it first happened, I deleted all my social media. I put my phone on do not disturb. I didn't talk to anyone for three days and, um, self-isolation. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think that was a bad thing. I didn't go about it the right way. So I didn't tell anyone that I was doing this and no one could get a hold of me. And so everyone started to freak out. Yeah. Um, but it was very beneficial because I just kind of self-reflected on things I wanted to work on and things that happened the way they did and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It was good. And I've done it two other times. I've told people that I'm going to do that. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you try to reach out to me, I'm not going to respond, but I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it is important because, man, you just get stuck in this rut. Like mm -hmm. social media is so addictive. Like I lay in bed for an hour before I fall asleep, just scrolling on TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just something to do when you're bored. Um. I want to hit on it a little bit for from personal experience as far as social media goes. So, um, for me, I I kept feeling like this is just such a waste of time. I think there's a lot of value in social media, and I I get like staying in touch with people and seeing what's up. Um, I don't think it takes a half hour to do that. You know, at least again, this is me personally. So I would find that I'd get on and just like you know, this stuff that doesn't matter or people I don't even know, or, you know, I, I shouldn't say I don't even know, but they're not, they're not a good example, I guess. So, and you get off of it and you're like, why do I feel like a piece of crap? Right. And it is, um, it is addictive. Have you ever, um, like researched dopamine a whole lot? I'm not a subject matter expert, but do you have a general 
yeah. fundamental. Yeah. It's fascinating to think that the stuff that you see on your little screen can make you feel so great. And then when you put the screen away, you have this crash, which leaves you in that funk. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. I, it's, it's mindless scrolling and it's just constant hit of dopamine over and over and over and over and over again. And then, you know, you put it down and it's your back to reality and you're like, why do I feel this way? Yes. Yep. Oh, um, my laptop's going crazy. Right yeah, it now. is. I, I don't think the mics are picking it up, but I'm getting alerts and I'm nervous if I shut the, if I mute it, I don't know what it does to our microphone, so I'm not going to risk it. But, um, so, um, what are some things you look forward to at this point in life? Um, future endeavors. Um, what, what's the next year look like for you? What are your goals? Um, I want to, I want to excel at my new position. I want to really grab grab that position by the horns and really really get after it and do yeah. the best I can at that. Um that's probably my main goal is to do just above and beyond at that job. Um Yeah. Do you want to stay in this area for a long time? Yeah, I think I get a lot of people, a lot of my friends are like, "Oh, I'm moving" or "I'm thinking about moving" and you know, they talk to me about it and I'm like, I've kind of already done that in a way. So I don't have any desire to move away. Um, I would like to get away from the winners if I'm going to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to move. Um, what are your hobbies at this point other than the gym? So if you're, if you're not at the gym, what else does your personal life look like at this point? Um, tailgating. A tailgating. A big college football fan. All right, we can talk about it. I can't add a lot of value to it, but I will listen. So, how long have you been a sports fan? My whole life. Just like every since you can remember. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Who do you care about and who do you hate? Um, love Notre Dame, hate Michigan. Okay. Um, and when you say you tailgate, are you going over to the stadium? Yep. Like you're there. Yep. Every Saturday they're home. What's your uh what's your favorite part of going to the game? Um going to the game or going tailgating? Both. So tailgating I like, you know, you see all your friends and family and you all have this kind of like sense of com- camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I said that wrong. Yeah, you said it right. Um and it's just it's positive vibes, man. It's it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um the game is fun. Obviously for the the sports aspect of it, but when something crazy happens and you get eighty thousand people that go crazy, that that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> that is awesome. Is uh Notre Dame gonna be good this year? They are. They are doing very well and uh they play Central Michigan tomorrow, which I'll be at that game. Um and then next week they have Ohio State. They have they have a tough three week span. So we'll we'll see how they hold up. What's the worst part of going to the game? I don't get to watch any other games. Mm. It's pretty much that game and that's it. Would you would you like have like multiple screens going if you were at home? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can't relate on that. Yeah. I, I probably won't watch a game this year. I'm not I'm just not really a, I don't know what it is. Well see, I'm like that with pro. I, I do not watch pro. I don't really like pro, but mm-hmm. college, 
I'll die for college football. Um, do you have to get there early? Um, yeah. So if you want a spot, like if you're gonna like bring your car to tailgate, you probably got to get there at like seven or wow. so. Yeah, I normally get there. Um, I just go like my friends have a spot and stuff. I normally get there sometime around nine or ten if it's an afternoon game. And who do you hang out with these days? Who are these friends you speak of? Um, well, coincidentally, they're actually my mom's friends. Nice. Um, but I bring a lot of my friends to the tailgates, and a lot of it's walking around. I don't necessarily stay at one tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple people with uh, tailgates. Either I work with them or I work for them or stuff like that. Um, so I bounce around to a whole bunch of different tailgates. You play cornhole? I love cornhole, dude. Uh, I love yeah. cornhole. I... I- Okay, I wouldn't care about the game. I could see tailgating being fun and just like the food and the grilling and and the music and it is getting a little chilly, so I, I'm sure like everyone's getting bundled up. Yeah, um, it's the best time of the year, man. Is it pretty affordable? Can you go and have a good time for for a decent price, or you gotta like? Is it expensive? So as far as tailgating and stuff, the only expense that I have is fuel, getting out there, and beer. That's a you don't have to pay for parking or um majority people, yes, but I have a workaround through people that I know that I can park like a half a mile away and I can park for free and then oh, I just walk in. So nice. that's really nice. Normally it's I don't it depends on how close you go. It could be a hundred bucks to park. Mm. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. I uh mm. I could see, and then you gotta get into the game. Yep. Yeah. So, um, what else are you personally focusing on at this point? So, what is uh, I mean, you want to continue working out? I'm assuming you want to keep like that. Is that like a something you see sticking with for like the next couple years, or is that a life thing? That's a life thing as long as my body lets it be a life thing mm-hmm. um there's a lot of times there was there's a period of time where i went seven days a week for months and my body was like you have to stop like yeah. i was hurting all the time so i try to do it in moderations i'll take two to three rest days a week but yeah as long as i can physically be able to do it i'll i'll do it have you ever hurt yourself oh yeah i hurt my wrist um probably back in 2017 or no 2019 probably um and i couldn't do any upper body movement for six months Ugh. and i didn't know if it was ever going to be better how did you hurt it i was bench pressing and i guess i just bent it backwards too far and it, it was bad i thought i might have to get surgery it was not fun yeah that does not sound like fun at all um Any anything else coming to mind that is worthy of reflecting on lessons through life? Um, not that I can really think of. I want to run back down to uh, childhood a little bit. So, when you were a kid, did you spend a lot of your time alone, or were you more of with people growing up? I feel like I was always with people. I lived right across my my neighbor was my grandma. So I was always outside um 
always tried to hang out with friends and play sports. Um, and if I was home, I was more than likely at grandma's house. Um, so you've always kind of been a family guy. Um, how has your family played into some of the lowest parts of your life? Um, they've definitely helped anytime that I need to call, you know, one of them and, and talk to them and, or, or even get their advice or opinion on something. They've always been there for me. And that's, that, that means a lot. Do you think, uh, do you think most guys have a problem asking for help when they need it? I think our generation is starting to go away from that, but I definitely think there are still people that, you know, I, I'm a manly man. I don't, I don't think about my feelings. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to push that down. And it's very bad for you. I see more than ever, um, you know, things like, uh, I think it's called better help. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, therapy, I don't know. I guess I'd call them. I, I think it's a business, right? Um, I don't know. Just companies advertising for their services of like, hey, you can just jump on the phone and um, you know talk to someone, kind of thing. Um, and I think I've no. I mean, this is just my opinion, so you can take it for what you will. But um, I think when you spend a lot of time on your phone. And you're not active. Again, you're, you've already talked about the benefits of being active, but if you're if you're not if you're not doing stuff, if you're not you know moving your body and challenging your mind, um, I think it I think you can end up in a really scary place of like loneliness and anxiety, depression, um, suicidal. Right? It, it happens. It's a real thing. So um, I, I think. Where I'm going with the, the family side of things is for people who go through lows in life that don't have their family there to support them, it's hard for it's hard for me to imagine. Because I I've I've leaned on my family and my lows too of you know, hey, hey mom, hey dad, like I'm going I'm going through something right now and I need some help, right? Like can I just come over and sit and eat dinner kind of thing? So um have you ever like with you, do you have like a best friend in life? Yeah. So are you pretty open with your best friend to like how you're really doing or is shout, that like a- shout out Brayton? But yeah, yeah, I am. So you guys I, are like real with each other. Yeah. So I, I mean, we call each other for the most part every single day and yeah. talk. Um, I'm probably going to end up over there after this. Yeah. So we, we try to see each other, you know, as much as we can. You go to the dunes with him? I have before. I didn't go this beast. last time. This guy, that guy's an animal. Up yeah. Like he throws down, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 He's, he's got a side by side and things pretty wicked. Would you ever get one? Man, he's been trying, he's been barking up that tree for years. Um, I always say no, because I don't think I would ride it enough. It's a big investment. They're not cheap. Right. Aren't they like 40 grand? Yeah. I mean, you can get them. Yeah. $40,000. I mean, you can get them for 15,000. I just don't feel like I would use it enough to be able to justify that. Yeah, I think I'd I'd be like, I'd ride in one, but I don't know. I would have a hard time too. I mean, maybe if I was at a point where my lifestyle really allowed to go hit the trails all the time, but um, does his do a wheelie? Have you rode in it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Doesn't? No. You guys jump it? A little. I wouldn't say like 
maybe you might get like it's got he's gonna give me crap for this it's got (laughs) i think 28 inches of travel on the suspension Mm -hmm. uh he'll he'll fact check me on that for sure um but so in order to get it off the ground i mean you gotta you gotta actually try so i'd other than the dunes i mean the dunes you can get some pretty good air but other than that it's been like you know a foot here and there or something like that you watch Cletus McFarlane at all? I don't, but I know, I know of him. Those guys send it. Yeah, they will just, they'll risk it. I've seen clips. I can't imagine uh, rolling one of those things. That that is uh, scary when you see him go end over end. Ugh, I don't, I don't like the idea of that. Yeah, that would that would be a ride. Does Brayden go like 80, 80 miles an hour in his? Yeah, it tops out. It probably tops out close to eighty. I'd say. Somewhere around there. How long have you and Brayden been friends? So, um, probably first or second grade. Uh, we were we were best friends, and then high school we didn't talk to each other. We kind of grew. We kind of went down our own path, mm-hmm. and then somehow, one one way or the other, we got talking about snowmobiles, and he had snowmobiles at the time, and I had snowmobiles at the time. And, uh, that's when they were going up to Michigan. And so we kind of rekindled there. And then ever since then, we've just been really close. The bromance came back. Yeah. It's important to have somebody like that go to, right? I yeah. Think, I think, uh, a lot of people have, um, friends, which is great, but you got to have like that best friend that you can, you can really, really, really lean on. Um, do they go tailgating with you? That I just I just called that man and asked him to go and he's he he does not like tailgating he won't go with me, but that's fine. Everyone's got their own thing, yeah. you know. I I've got like I've got my own tailgate crew, you know. So. Yeah, I get it. Um, why do you think he doesn't like tailgating? I don't think he likes to have fun. If I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be so mad at you for saying that. Um, I just don't think it's his scene. I don't know why the man likes beer and there's a lot of beer at tailgates, Yeah, but I'm not sure he, he's never really got into it. I don't know if he's ever gone with me, to be honest with you. He, he may have gone one time, but I'll have to get him on the, on this show and I'll have to hit him with all these questions. Yeah. Um, so I got a question for you about home ownership. So when you, how old were you when you started? Do you live alone? No. So I, when I moved back from Kansas, I got an apartment, which was my grandparents' apart. Like they owned a house that had mm-hmm. an apartment, and so I moved in there. And then they we sold that place, the one on the corner. Yeah. And then I moved um, into Goshen, an apartment that was way too expensive for me. Yes. And um, literally went broke trying to stay there. Sure. Like and so thousand dollars a month. Fifteen hundred. Yeah. And so, um, in like April, I moved back in with my dad, try to save up money. And whenever the housing market comes down, hopefully get a house. Yeah, I totally get that. So I think there's a lot of people that, um, like feel ashamed to do that or, um, won't take the time to be ready. But when you move out, if you sign a lease, you're, I mean, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. I want to know what you wish you knew about that before um, you got into that situation because that's a tough one to get out of 
Yeah, so pretty much what happened was I just started at Lipper when I got this place and we were working like 60 hours a week and I, you know, I I was like, I can definitely afford this, we'll be okay. And then about a month after that is when everything went downhill for RVs in the economy. Mm-hmm. And so we were like strictly 40, no overtime. Um, and then here and there we'd have a week or two weeks off or three days off or stuff like that. And it was just constant struggle to, cause I have a, a 2018 Duramax and that payments pretty good too. Yeah. So I, I had that on top of it and it was just a constant 11 months of losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish I mean, you can never predict this. I wish I knew what the economy was going to do before I did that. It was a great experience. Everything in my life, I've had some really bad things happen to me, but I've taken the positive out of everything. Who taught you how to do that? Myself. Like, I'll give an example. Um, in 2021, 20, I think, it was St. Patrick's weekend. Um, took somebody was at home, went to the bar, took some buddies home from the bar, but I had some drinks at the bar, ended up getting pulled over, got a DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, that's an automatic disqualification of your CDL. You lose your CDL for a year. Um, but that was a very tough chapter in my life. Um, I'm not made for jail. I'll tell you that much. That was <laughs> not a fun place to be. I will, for that specific reason, I'll never do that again. But, um, what was it like? I went in there at like three in the morning and like, y- you just walk into this dark cell with three other guys and it's, you don't know who's in there. You don't know what they're in there for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very intimidating. Um, but throughout all that, you know, that is one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life because it's matured me so much. I figured out that okay, I can't be doing this. You know, I have responsibilities. I have a life. I have, mm-hmm. you know, things I need to do and I can't be 18. Not that, well, you can't even drink when you're 18. 21. Yeah. Not that driving, drunk driving at 21 is okay. It's never okay. But um, the only bad thing that came out of it is I probably had to pay like $5,000 in fees. But man, it it taught it me so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I needed because if that wouldn't have happened, you know, it hurt it, somebody. that or like I would still be doing it because I never learned, you know, it could have been so much worse than what it was. I could have killed somebody. Um, I could have hurt, you know, the people that were with me, you know, it could have been so much worse than what it actually was. Um, man, you're, you're like owning it and you're super like, you're holding yourself accountable. But in the beginning there can't, it couldn't have been like that. Right. You were not like that in the beginning. How long did it take you to get to that point of having that attitude? In the beginning, you had to be irate. So I almost didn't want to bring it up because it is almost a little, I am ashamed of it because it's not something to be proud of. Um, But at the end of the day, it's something that happened to me and it's made me who I am today and there's nothing I can do to change that. But it probably took for me to be, I'm, I'm, I've been an open person my whole life. Um, but for me to be comfortable telling people about that and expressing everything that's happened through that, um, it took a few months, but 
I went back to, you know, if somebody else, if I can benefit somebody else from this, then yeah. that's a win-win. I think a lot of the times we're scared to share our secrets for the, um, for the judgment. And I think my opinion at this point is if somebody wants to judge someone else based on like being real and sharing their story and, and that vulnerability, um, that's fine. That speaks volumes of their character. And you've got to, you got to let that opinion go because, um, what you're, what you just said could change someone's life for the better. And they, they could say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this guy's story and I'm not going to risk that. Um, how did you get home? Um, from jail. Yeah. Um, my mom came and picked me up and funny story with that. My mom, my whole <laughs> life would say, if you ever go to jail, don't call me. I'm not coming to pick you up. Yep. And, uh, there was a couple people I was going to call. And I'm a very emotional person. And I'm like, if I lose it in here, like that's lunch meat for all these guys. Mm -hmm. um, there's some stories that I could tell guys banging their heads off the glass till they bleed. Oh yeah. Guys screaming bloody murder in the middle of the night. Um, the guy I was sleeping next to threatened to kill everyone in our cell. It was, it was wild. It was wild. This is all in like a six hour time frame. Uh, 40. I was in there for 40 hours. You were there for 40 so I, hours? So I went in Friday night at 3 a.m. Didn't even get to call anyone. If, if, if I wasn't, if I had dropped these people off at home and this happened on my way home, no one would know where I was at. I didn't get to call somebody and let them know that I was in there until 6 o'clock Sunday night. And then I didn't get out till Monday at 6. All right. So what happened in there? So. Oh, my God goodness it was, it was actually a i'm gonna put air quotations around this but it was a good group of guys as far as like the way the <laughs> the way you just see this the way the the environment was they made it really light um yeah i'm not gonna say any names there was a kid in there that had been in there since he was like 11 he's been there 10 years he was 21 for stabbing his mom or his sister or something uh, um there's another kid in there for drug possession with a firearm and then there's another dude and he was in there for hitting somebody with a car while on meth oh and he was he should have been in the psych ward honestly because the last night i was in there he, we're all laying down and we're like two feet from each other laying on this floor and With nothing, uh, you, they give you like pretty much like the density of this rug. So it's pretty much nothing. Surprised they're that nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and this sheet that I'm pretty much was two, like a piece of paper cut four times. Yeah. There was, this was the thinnest thing I've ever, and it was like 65 degrees in there. It was freezing. But, um, <clears throat> So we're all laying down and the last night I'm in there, the lights, you eat breakfast at like 4 a.m. Then like nine and four or something like that. Do they like bang on stuff to wake you up? Uh, no, they just open the doors. And so the lights get cut off at like 10, 11, I think. I think 11. And just before the lights go out, we're all blowing each other crap, you know, laughing or whatever. And this Dude just flips a switch and he uh, 
he goes, you know, I've been trying to get my, my psych pills and, and they won't give them to me. And I, I wrote a note to the nurse and I said, either I kill myself in here or I kill everyone else in here. And then probably right on cue, two minutes later, the lights go off. Mm. When I tell you I didn't sleep, I mean, this dude is closer than yeah. me to this laptop. I was not sleeping a wink <laughs> that night. Gosh. It was, oh, that was, that was terrible. That was the worst experience by far. But time, time stands still. When I, I, the first time I was in there, or not the first time, the first day I was in there, oh. I was like, it's got to be like, like four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, one of the CEOs walked by. I was like, what time is it? He's like, 12. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, there's nothing to do. You just sit there. It's. What did you think about? What an idiot I am. <laughs> so. <laughs> The worst part was one week before that, I got hired into Lippert as a truck driver. Oh. And then I lose my CDL. Yeah. So. You're, you're kind of freaking out. Yeah. It was, it was not, I was, I was beating myself up. Mm-hmm. But because that happened, I got out of the truck. And because I got out of the truck, I'm in the position I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't yeah. have happened. Good attitude. You know, if. If I didn't get this DUI, I would still be driving a semi and I wouldn't have gotten this promotion that I'm going into on Monday. You know, none of this would have happened. Like I said, so many great, amazing things came out of this. Do you think that those experiences help you when, like when something comes your way that really challenges you or it's it's really, maybe it's emotionally hard. Do you think you have a better approach? Like since you've kind of, learned from one experience then you learned on another one and then you learned on another one and it things like the hard work starts to pay off um i think that when something happens i know that there's a reason for it like bad example but if i'm late to work one day um i'm like you know what the like i'm upset that i'm late to work it's just the type of person that i am i've been late one time in over a year and a half i think and now it's because of a snowstorm but let's say like let's say that you got in a traffic jam and that's why you were late Mm -hmm. well if you wouldn't have gotten that traffic jam somebody would have blown a red light and t-boned you and killed you Mm -hmm. like there's always there's a reason for everything that happens um and you might not ever know that but you know, let's say I, I walk out of here and I break my leg. Well, if I didn't break my leg, you know, I don't know. I would have yeah. gotten in my truck and got hit. You know, there's there's endless possibilities. So I just always try to see the good in everything that happens. How do you handle communicating with um, people who don't have that attitude? I just try to like almost show them the bright side or like it can always be worse and like for a lot of times you know you hear people say that and you're like okay like I don't want to hear that Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't do anything for me but like truly it really can be so much worse like think about everything you have going for you Mm -hmm. like if I'm having a bad day or something you know I have my dream truck sitting right outside Um, I have amazing friends, amazing family, a great job, you know, the ability to do what I want when I want. Like there's so many positives that 
to dwell on one thing, you just you're just wasting that day away. I could just listen to you keep talking about that because I I feel the same way. I think, um, I think at times it's easy to feel discouraged. Like at some point, you can't want something for somebody as far as making that attitude switch. You know, like when when every day is a bad day and everything's wrong and everything's going against. There's I can't remember what the saying is. It's like. Um, if everything's the problem, you're the problem. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. Like if everything that's going on is a problem, maybe you're the problem because you're not having a good approach to it. I like that saying. It's very funny. It's kind of funny, but. And I've met people that are just, you know, they're just always upset. They're all, there's always something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like they're just the most negative people in the world. And I just. I can't like how do you get any enjoyment out of life? Yeah. What a miserable way to go yeah. about things. Yeah. I think uh something that has helped me with just overall joy is uh you're you're kind of going through the list of things that you're thankful for. Um I try to do that each morning. Like even before I get out of bed, I turn my alarm off and I lay there for a second. I just kind of um practice gratitude. Like, this is what I'm thankful for. And then I notice kind of my tone is set for the day because I have a better perspective on things, I feel like. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I I feel like I'm kind of at a disadvantage because I haven't traveled that much. Um, I wish I... I want to go see other parts of the world or even the States because um, I, in a way, feel sheltered. Like, I haven't... I go out to New York and I see family and... Um, I've been to the kind of surrounding states. I've been out to Utah, but I haven't experienced those cultures or like the different people, which I'm sure you got to see when you're traveling. And that kind of helps you have a, when you were driving truck, you know, you kind of get a little bit of an idea, right? Yeah. So I more or less got more of like that culture difference in when I worked out in Kansas, because probably 75% of the people were from Europe, Denmark, you know, all over. So living with those people, seeing how they, what their normal life is like, mm-hmm. um, was very interesting. And, uh, it just opened my eyes to see like, there's so many different things that you don't think about that cultures do. Like, like just even some of the foods that, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, you haven't tried that. And I'm like, we don't even have this. Yeah. <laughs> But so that that part of it's really cool. Would you uh, would you encourage people to go experience that part of life at some point, as far as like go somewhere else and live and then come back? Um, depends on the person. I mean, I don't think it's a a bad move. But maybe you're not either in the financial place to do that, just pick up and leave, or like job security. Yep. Um, but it's definitely like you weren't put on this earth to stay in the same town. You know what I mean? Like you gotta go out and see everything that God created. Mm-hmm. Um, I would did want to touch on um you said you were you practice gratitude in the morning. Yeah. Every single night before I go to bed, um, 
I thank God for everything. And I don't, I try not to, I didn't even realize that I did this, but it makes sense now that I've heard it. A lot of people ask for things, but I've always like unintentionally just thanked him for everything that I have. And like, I'll ask for things, don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like I do a very good job of, you know, thanking him even for the sun, you know, I, yeah, I, I think if, um, here's another, I just, I'm talking out loud now at this point. Um, if you didn't have your phone and you didn't have a computer and you didn't have, um, you know, the radio, all the tech side of life, can you imagine how much more you would observe and think about these little things that are so, so beautiful and, and like really matter, you know? And just be so more engaged with people like having conversations and stuff like uh, one thing that bugs me i'm gonna sound old when i say this because you know old people hate technology people that always have airpods in you know like they don't ever take them out when they go into restaurants or like having a conversation with somebody or like it's i I find it disrespectful almost it's like you're not giving me your undivided attention so why would i want to hold a conversation with you Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I definitely think, and I'm, I'm not that big fan of social media, honestly. I think everyone, well, for sure, everyone just posts their highlights. You don't see, for the most part, um, people's lows. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes you do, but for the most part, it's nothing but a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, you're comparing yourself to that person, for one, and, and comparison is terrible. It's the theft of joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, deceiving. Yep. What else? Anything else on your mind? This has been good. Been yeah, good. this has been fun, man. I really enjoyed this. You got any uh, um, any questions you want to fire my way? Um, I have a couple more questions. Yeah, go ahead, man. So, um, when you picture yourself, I want to. I kind of want to talk about habits or routines. Kind of going back to the workout side of things and mental health. So do you find that you have to be super intentional with that structure to keep your head where it needs to be? Um, For example, if you find that you're drifting away from the gym or the good habits that you, you know, are important, um, can you self-correct pretty quickly? Um, Yeah, I think for the most part, and I think I've been doing better with that. Um, over the past couple months, but it's definitely easy to not want to go to the gym. Sometimes it's, it, you know, I get home from work. I get up at three o'clock in the morning. There's, you know, I wanted, I was going to take a nap before I came here and then you texted me and I was like, Oh man. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's very easy to, well, you know, I'm really tired. I'm just going to, you know, take a nap. And then you wake yeah. up, you're like, I'm not going to go to the gym today. Yeah. It's very easy to do, but. It's it's almost like a discipline thing. Have you found um, growth in pushing yourself in the new like these new areas of life? I feel like the gym has made me mentally grow as far as like pushing myself because you know you get to a set and you're like I can't do anymore yeah and then somebody's like stop being a girl about it like go. Mm-hmm. And so you get like three more. And you're like, oh, I actually can do that. 
And so it's like, it's that mental barrier where you think you can't do something, but you can actually do it. What, what are, uh, are you a clean person? Are you organized? Yeah. I, you're going into the for, same manufacturing. You better be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm decent. Um, I have a lot of things, but I try to keep them all organized for the most part. Um, I'm going through like, I'm going through a midlife crisis essentially. So I'm, I'm really on this declutter. You're too young for that. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm, I'm finding that, uh, you know, clutter just stresses me out and, and I've got so much of it. So <laughs> I'm like on a mission to get rid of stuff. And I feel like when you look at people, I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern and maybe I'm just, this is just me. I'm making this up in my mind, like I'm connecting dots that don't really exist. But some of the happiest people that I know and and content, consistent, uh you know, like those kinds of people where you're just like, man, like what is going on? Um, they don't have a bunch of clutter in there. We've heard like, you know, I read I've read so many books that talk about make your bed, put your stuff away. Keep your counters clean, do your laundry, you know, the fundamental stuff of like life, keep your car clean, whatever. And all of a sudden, all these other um, challenges in life become a lot easier to, to tackle and, and get on top of. Well, you got to think too, like there, there's got to be some correlation of if you're an organized person and you like your stuff organized and clean and decluttered, your mind's got to be the same way to a certain extent. Boom, baby. That's right. Yeah. But I never, I, it, I haven't connected those dots until recently. I didn't connect those dots until right now. I think I'm going to sell everything. <laughs> I think <you laughs> Just have nothing. Drive by here to see for sale signs in the front yard and run away with my little tent. I, I don't know. I think, um, uh, here's something I wish I knew. Um, a lot of the, like these really challenging things that we work through in life, um, there is not a roadmap that is going to pop up that says, uh, Hey, this is something that's coming your way and this is how you get around it. It's like all of a sudden you identify a problem and you're like, wow, I'm, I have clutter and clutters clutter in my mind and I've got to declutter and there's no easy way to do it. It takes a lot of hard work. I think something that I wish I knew was some of the lowest points in your life are going to grow you the most. You don't grow unless you know you're you're at the bottom. You got nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't I've never really had like mental struggles until this year. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you you have to go through it, but you also have to see the there's always a positive going to come out of it the sooner you can see that the sooner you can start to like you know be okay and 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 get out of rock bottom Mm -hmm. i think um i think what's funny is how many it's not funny i think what's ironic is how many people can hide their struggles so well you know have you ever um or maybe you were this way when you were really struggling. Did people know? Yeah, I, I'm an emotional person. If I was having a bad day or I was struggling, 
you know, like I, I cannot hide emotions. I am so bad about it. And I wish I was better because it actually affected work at some point too. Um, which isn't what I want, but can you give me an example? Um, I mean, there was a couple of times where during like f- fresh out of that breakup where I would just leave. Like, I'm like, I can't do it today. Mm-hmm. Or I just wouldn't talk to anybody or I would speak to somebody in a tone that I didn't really mean because I was having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I've been really trying to work on that and how I respond to people and stuff like that, because that's not how I'm actually feeling um towards that person i guess like that's probably how i'm feeling inside but i don't need to convey that onto somebody else that has nothing to do with the situation and treat them poorly um did little things used to make you mad were you easily irritable no um as far as like a temper problem yeah no i've never really had a bad temper problem i'll go back an hour ago i said i broke my driver on the ground um <laughs> i hate Golf, 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 golf is its own thing. Yeah. I don't think anything applies to golf. I, I think it's just okay. Um, I've never really had a temper problem. I do have a very, I get this from my mother, a very um, like sassy side. Like, Ooh. if you're, it happened today, and I caught myself, and I'm really proud of it. But long story short. We sent out a truck today that we knew the place was closed. I had seven stops and four of them were closed and we knew about it, Mm -hmm. but we sent them out. Okay. And then I go back there and I say something and the response was, yeah, I know. And then it was, why did I take that? Well, why did you take it? I'm like, cause it was on the board. And if it's on the board, I have to take it. That's my job. Well, that was dumb. I don't know why you did that. And I was just like, mm. I was instantly like, yeah. you're the one that put it on the board. So this is not my problem. So do you walk away in those situations? No, just- I, I, I force myself to stay in there and I force myself to watch my tone because a lot of times I'll like start to snap back and um, I'm starting to get better of keeping calm. That's one thing that Brayton has taught me. That man, you'll never see an emotion out of that dude. Ever. Ever. Like, happy or sad? Um, No, not like that, but like, if something goes bad, you'll never know. Like, at work, or anything like that, like, that man is just the most flatline dude. And so, like, when, when things come up, I sometimes, if I have time to think about it, I sit back and I'm like, okay, how did he handle this? Because he's very good at handling situations when people are not necessarily nice to him what's brayton do he's a plant manager at jet does his dad still like run the thing um yeah he works there he sold his company back in like or he sold his share back in like 2001 or something like that yeah i think he owned it for five years i think he started it when me and brayton were born in 96 i i I believe that's true Um, so he still works there though i gotta go back to the sassy thing so If you are, have you ever gotten really sassy and then you knew you went too far? Oh, all the time, man. That that's what I've been really (laughs) trying to work on. Like somebody will come at me 
like somebody's having a bad day and they'll come at me with all their problems and the way they talk to me. And I'm like, no, you're not like, you're not going to talk to me that way. And then I turn into, you know, given the same energy that they give back to me when realistically I should just kind of like chill out. And I'm very alter. I don't know what the right word is. De-escalating. No, that's not even close to what I am. Escalator. Pretty much. Yeah, you do need to work on that. Yeah, I can't, I can't support you. On yeah, that. It, it's I like, uh, I, I'm. I can get that. I I'll have road rage every now and then. Oh, dude! How can I get so mad at somebody that, like, I'll never see again? But for why did you just do that? For me being a truck driver, you think I shouldn't have road rage? I have the absolute worst road rage. So okay, let's go back to these people who just like this stuff doesn't bother them, you know, and and they just seem like nothing upsets them. I think they have a very deep level of inner peace and they, they're like, they're okay with things that they can't control and they're okay with other people doing stuff that doesn't make any sense. And I would, I would just like to think that when they get to that point or when people get to that point in life, I'm trying to get to that point in life. Um, your anxiety goes down. It just has to, there's, if you don't let stuff get y'all worked up, that doesn't really matter. Surely that emotional wave of ups and downs has got the, the peaks and the valleys are a little more consistent and, and this little stuff doesn't make you uh, so irritable. And unless, unless he just hasn't vocalized it from what I understand, that man just has never had anxiety. And like I said, I've never had anxiety until this breakup. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even, I didn't know how to control it for a long time. Um, but that man is just, I mean, I could walk over there and punch him square in the face and he's going to get up and he's going to go, what was that for? Yeah. Like you're, he's not going to be mad. <laughs> like it's crazy. And he lives right here. Yeah. Right, oh. right in this um, subdivision. Yeah. We won't call out specific locations. I'll give you his address over the mic. <laughs> Everybody um, send him mail. All right, man, this was great. Um I still feel like I have more questions, but we're running short on we're getting we're getting to that point. You got to declutter is what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, so I mean just for the listeners, this is embarrassing, but um I told Michael before we started recording it that I have a very tight schedule today because I am Facebook marketplacing like a significant volume of personal items because um look with without uh without action this change that you want in your life it'll just never happen so um i'm trying to do a better job at when when i know something's important like this of not just staying stagnant and waiting for something to happen it's like you know what okay decluttering is important to me i have too much stuff um it stresses me out, freaks me out. I don't, I don't like the unorganization. I'm getting rid of it. And, um, I've had a lot of, uh, I feel like I've got a lot of momentum right now and it's a, it's a good feeling to, when you set a goal and you feel like you're getting closer to it, that's a really good, um, feeling. Yeah, same, so, yeah. Th same thing as the gym. Yeah. So yeah, listeners, we do have to shut the podcast down cause I have to go meet someone in a parking lot. Um, I think there's going to, I really do believe there's going to have to be a second go around with, uh, I think some of the topics going back to and diving deeper. Um, 
I was, I definitely enjoyed this. I was very nervous the first like 10, 20 minutes, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's not that intimidating. It's really it? not. Yeah. I don't know why one microphone in front of me made me all <laughs> tensed up, but. Hey, I think what it'll, um, it'll encourage others that are nervous to go for you it. saw me when i walked in here yeah. i was i was i was shaky well you know um you mentioned this earlier uh like getting out of your comfort zone if you want to stay stagnant and you're you know you're just content then okay keep doing what you're doing but um if you feel called to kind of push yourself out and develop new skills and grow um you gotta do new things and it's always going to feel uh uncomfortable and scared uh, let me go back to this Facebook marketplacing thing. I haven't sold anything in a long time and it's a little intimidating, like just meeting up with people and, you know, bargaining and they beat you down on price and you got, am I going to hold my ground or whatever? So, um, I've taken a lot away from getting uncomfortable and exploring new things. So you don't grow if you're in your comfort zone. Yeah. You will just stay the same. All right. Well, hey, um, that concludes today's episode. I, I th again, I think there will be a um, second go round. Brayton, I really feel like if you're listening to this, you're eventually going to have to show up. And I'll and give him order. fifty bucks on if he comes on here because I know he's not coming on here. But if I give him fifty bucks, he okay. will show up. Um, I respect that. I think, uh, yeah, it might not be for everybody, but we can surely guilt trip him until he at least says no. So, um. Yeah, hey, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back with uh, another episode. So thanks again for coming on. Yeah, I look forward to it. Welcome back to I Wish I Knew, the show where we talk about things I wish I knew before getting into a certain trade or going through a certain life experience. Today's guest, Michael Schwartz and Truber, or strangers. You will hear that early on in the episode. This is not a reunion for me. This was a uh, this was a get to know you kind of episode, and I genuinely enjoyed it. And I don't want to spoil it, but I'm just telling you, this is a really good guy who has got a really really good approach to life, and uh, he's not a quitter. I really admired that about him, regardless of what's gone on in his life. He is uh, determined to learn and come back from it stronger. Again, I don't want to spoil too much of that, but um, it really it really excites me. So uh, three little circles, top right of your screen. Show me some love. Give me a follow. Uh, repost it to your story. Share it with a friend. I don't know. Do something crazy. Uh, if you want to be on the show, DM me, text me, get a hold of me somehow, and we will record. Um, without further ado, let's jump in.